Standing Up in McKinney. This is According to Callus, episode 491, coming to you on the 8th of September, 2023. Today, we're going to talk about who do you trust? It's a big, wide open uh, area. Just going to give you a couple of examples and lead you to your own conclusions or to develop your own conclusions. Excuse me. Uh, before we get there, let me remind you the best way you can help me is to like, share, and subscribe to this program. More subscribers means I can pick up more listeners. More listeners means the message goes out, and that's what we want. We want to build the audience. We want to get people on the same team. We want to keep working towards the same end, which is defend the liberty we have left and push back and gain liberty where we can. And quite frankly, there's a lot of folks out there that we don't perfectly agree, and that's okay. And if you have liberty, you can do that. You can agree to disagree and largely go on with all the things that we want to do together. As an aside, (laughs) I want to let you know, I I made a uh, little road trip last night with a friend of mine. We went out a couple of counties over (laughs) while I'm there. Uh, they invited me to come and speak about one of my favorite subjects. That's right. It was Texas, but it was encouraging people to follow through and demand a vote. Nobody said that you had to agree with Texas. Nobody had to re- put a requirement in that you belong to the Texas nationalist movement. No, none of that. All it is, is go to the TNM.me. Fill out the petition. Say that you want a vote. These people work for us. They routinely kick stuff over to a constitutional amendment because they don't want to take the responsibility of changing the law on that issue and punt it over to the voters. Most of the time they change up the language so that you don't even know what you're voting for. But this is real simple. Should Texas look at declaring its independence? Should it become a viable independent nation once again? Yes or no? Should we be able to vote on this issue? That Yes or no? Signing the petition just says you want a vote. It hasn't said how you're going to vote, just that you want a vote. I think it's pretty easy. I think it's pretty simple demand. Unfortunately, the Texas legislature still has not saw fit to let us have our say in this matter. It's not even binding, folks. It's just a poll, if you will, an official poll. Yeah. And I know, I know election integrity is a big issue and there's no telling what they're going to do with this. If, if you want to go down that rabbit hole, but the fact that they won't even let us vote is a huge, huge problem. So you need to be heard. TNM.me. Uh, there's, there's a phone number that you can text, uh, on there. And there's also a QR code. I strongly recommend if you want to be heard, either for or against, go there, sign up, get on that petition so you can be heard. All right. (laughs) Coincidentally enough, this ties right into the subject of the day. Who do you trust? Now, I got to I got to say, I've got a roughly 20 year um, history in the automotive service business. I was around when they launched hybrid cars. I was around when they launched the EVs. I uh, got to see firsthand what played out 
um, vis-a-vis the uh, <laughs> game playing that went on with Volkswagen. Now, I wasn't at Volkswagen, but we heard all about it over at Dodge. When you've got a diesel motor that's good for 45 miles to the gallon and you got to tweak your emissions so that you can meet some stupid requirement in a state, boy, I, I, I'm very sympathetic to why they would do that. Now, unfortunately, that damaged that company immensely because they got caught. Apparently, they didn't buy off the right people. Oh, did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. Um, but while we're talking about this issue, they've been pushing the idea of an EV now, an electric vehicle, if you will, for at least a decade. And I got to tell you, there's not a doubt in my mind that they make wonderful toy cars. They maybe even are really good commuter cars at this point. And certainly there's an argument to be made for their use. But one of the things that doesn't really get talked about is the fire hazard. One of the things that doesn't get talked about is all the heavy metals and the toxic materials that you're sitting on top of. Now, I'm sure that somewhere along the line, somebody deemed this safe or safer than a gasoline powered car or even a diesel powered car. Call me dubious. I don't have a lot of faith and the people that do the testing. I don't have a lot of faith in the government that allows and manipulates events. That being said, I don't have any fear of a great big battery. But what I do have fear of is what happens when it gets too old to be continuously used. What I do have is when it gets contaminated. So they're talking about the uh, preponderance of electric vehicles that have been exposed to salt water. And they corrode. And then they short. And then they burn up. There were news articles referring to the idea that somebody's house survived the hurricane only to burn down a few days later when the electric car that had been exposed to the salt water had started a fire. Now, to me, that would have seemed to be a very obvious thing. I mean, if you have a battery that suffers from corrosion, all sorts of bad things happen. I mean, even just a double-A battery... If it sits out too long, if it's allowed to corrode, it will push out. It'll expand. It'll have an exothermic reaction, if you will. Now, imagine putting, I don't know, a couple thousand of those things in a box underneath a car. And you can see where that would get ugly. Now, granted, this is an odd thing, right? I mean, potentially they can go back and reseal those boxes or seal up those containers better so that doesn't happen and look it's not often that you have a saltwater flood i grant you all of that but that's something that hadn't been considered and on top of that now that the government has gotten what they wanted which is forcing people into electric vehicles or hybrid vehicles they realize they don't extort enough money i mean i'm sorry collect enough taxes out of us to pay for the roads that allegedly are being paid for by our gas taxes our registration fees, our uh, tire fees, every other fee that's involved with driving your car. So now they're going to demand more money from electric vehicle owners. You know, they, they've created the problem that they now are going to offer the solution. Funny how that works with government, isn't it? We're going to tell you there's a problem and then, oh, well, we're going to have a solution. Oh, well, that solution created another problem. Oh, well, we've got another solution. And Eve, 
every time it leads to more control. They're putting their thumb on us all the time. You need to look no further than the couple of states that are now going to track your mileage for you so that they can bill you accordingly. And some of those states are even going to go so far as to track where you travel on top of the total distance that you travel. Keeping in mind that the phone that you carry in your pocket already does that. So, look, you can be a privacy advocate, you can be a liberty advocate, but then just realize that this stuff happens all the time. And again, this is just a simple thing where government is telling people what they should drive, how they should drive, where they can drive, and how they can drive. It doesn't end well for us, for we the people. Now, I'm not suggesting that we couldn't have some really fantastic cars, but for government interference, because I believe that's true. But no, the argument is they just don't want you to have the freedom of travel. They don't want you to be able to do what it is you want to do in with your vehicle and your automotive travels. That's what this is all about is control. They can, they can say what they want, but that is, that is what we're dealing with. They just refuse to acknowledge it and name it for what it is. But again, if you trust them, that's on you. And if you think this is an isolated incident, let's just go back and review what's happened in the last few years. Well, you're going to shut down. Oh, you're going to cover your face. Oh, you're going to do this. Oh, you're going to do that. And they're already talking about doing these very same things again. If you don't believe me, it's been in the news. Alabama, for God's sakes, is mandating restrictions on students in a school because you might get sick. Now, I'm sorry. I'm not on board with that. And unfortunately, in Texas, our leadership doesn't seem to be concerned about these matters. No, no. They're going to be able to declare another emergency and steal some more. I mean... Acquire some more funds from the feds. Just as an aside, where do you think that money comes from? Who do you think provides that money? Oh yeah, I know they print it, but sooner or later, who pays for that? It's not the giant corporations. It's certainly not government because government doesn't actually produce anything. They're, they're a net expense, right? We the people, we the people, yet we trust these guys to do the thing to run things and to try and be more efficient. But I mean, even trying to get a 1% reduction in the growth of government and you're seen as the enemy and you're going to crash everything and it's the end of the world, yet companies routinely have to slash budgets. Yet you and I have to continuously tighten the belt because we don't have enough money left. Again, where do you think they're getting the money? But again, if you want to trust them, fine. And if you think this is unique, no, 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 this has been going on. I mean, you've got the FDA, which determines which drugs they think are safe for you to use. And then they give indemnity, right? They protect the companies that make the stuff, that ran the tests, that told the FDA that this stuff is safe to use. And there's zero consequences for these people. Now, I know Merck was bankrupted because, you know, (laughs) reasons, but... I got to tell you, if you've got a 1% fatality with certain secondary issues because you took Vioxx, for instance, and it went up to a 2% because you're taking the Vioxx opposed to the 1%, they can say you've doubled your risk, but it's still a 2% risk. And if you can't function because of RA or something like that, 
As an adult, isn't that your job to be able to make the decision for yourself? But no, they've stepped in. They protected us. They bankrupted a company. They took away something that made people feel better because they wanted to. Yet this is the same people that are telling you that, well, we should go ahead and give life-altering drugs to young children because they have a mental disorder or they're confused or they're jumping on a bandwagon or they've been convinced of something that's simply not true. But it doesn't matter because, hey, trust the science. But again, we've all, we already have seen many, many times you can't trust government. You can't trust quote, science, and you really can't even trust the giant corporations because at the end of the day, those giant corporations only exist to make more money. And the way they make more money is to sell more product. And the way they're able to sell more product is to create more people or more customers that are dependent upon their products or their products wear out or lose efficacy and you have to buy another product. So let me ask you, is this the kind of world you want to live in? Is this what makes you comfortable? Is this what's best for everybody? I'm not certain that's the case. Now, I'm not making the case in this episode that we should go and get rid of giant corporations. I'm not making the case that we should go and get rid of giant government. Okay, well, actually, every episode I do is about getting rid of giant government. But I will freely acknowledge that we do need a government, some government. Somebody to make sure there are rules and that people follow the rules. And while I'm not keen on the idea of a monopoly of power by people that are essentially above the law, I do understand there's a certain value there to having an enforcement mechanism to make sure that people follow through on contracts, to make sure that people do the right thing, or at least are dissuaded from doing the wrong thing. I get all of that. But at the end of the day, I really don't have any more trust in them than I have in the giant corporations. You know, when I was in automotive service, I used to joke with the salesman. I, I, I would tell them that, you know, I'm in service because I can't lie to make a living. Some of them would be offended. Some would laugh kind of knowingly. And, but most of them weren't happy that I would say that. But I said, no, 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 I, I, I'm not calling you a liar. I, I'm really not. But that perception exists. Every customer that comes in talks about sales. Sometimes it's positive. Sometimes it's neutral. A lot of times it's negative. And I know it's perception and it's not fair to you guys. I get it. But for every one of you that it does a good job, there's another one that does a bad job. Now, I don't like it because it makes my job tougher, right? But the reality is when somebody's trying to sell you something, they're going to tell you what you want to hear in order to get you to make the purchase. They're going to point you in a direction that maybe pays them a little more, that maybe gives them a spiff. And that's something that's very annoying to me. I took very seriously when when I was in that business and, and even in the business now, I don't want to always do what's right for the customer. Because if I do what's right for the customer, my company benefits and I benefit. So, Again, who do you trust? Do you want somebody that's going to tell you what you want to hear or somebody that'll first listen to you and what your needs are and what your expectations are and then try and give you something or point you to something that's going to fulfill those things? The same should be true in car sales 
as it is with government. But see, government exists to perpetuate itself. If you don't believe me, just look back on the idea. When I was a very young boy, we used to have these shelter signs, right? Fallout shelter. Because at the time, there was something called civil defense that went through, I guess, the mid-40s through the late 60s, where there was actually an idea that we want to preserve the public. We want to prevent destruction. Should we be foolish enough to drift off into nuclear war? We want a bunch of people to exist because we want to preserve what makes America unique. But now, and this isn't super recent, but certainly in my lifetime, they've pivoted from civil defense to continuity of government. They just want to ensure that they stay in power, that they get what they need in order to maintain discipline and order. The, the people that make their possi- or their existence possible, that, that pay for all the crazy that they do, they don't matter as long as they get to keep their thing. Now, keep in mind, I understand you can't save everybody. Keep in mind, I understand when you work in a centralized organization, they tend to put their leadership first because they're the leadership and they, they're selfish, right? They're short-sighted. They, they want those things. And that's just human nature. You shouldn't be offended, but you should keep that in mind when you're listening to their directives and listening to their ideas. Should you trust them? The same can be said for those giant corporations that we've talked about before. What do they exist for? To increase their, quote, shareholder value, to increase their profit margin, to grow bigger. And that used to be the argument. That used to be the problem. When that's all we had to worry about, we at least could keep that in mind. But now it's to the point that there's a whole lot of these giant corporations that are owned by other entities that actually don't care about profit. They want to create certain outcomes. They want to propagandize people. They want to force things on people. They want to institute change. And honestly, a lot of this comes directly out of rules for radicals. And and how people can't and aren't willing to go back and look at the very things that he talked about in the 60s and how they're playing out now in the 20s, the 2020s, we're watching these things come to fruition. These people didn't get that control overnight. It took time. It took planning. So when a giant corporation says X, Y, or Z, you as an individual ought to look at that and say, can I trust that? What's their motivation? What are they trying to do here? I highly encourage you. The first thing you ought to be asking is, can I trust them? Unless you think I'm exempting myself from this, no, because I have often reminded you, you should not believe anything I say just because I said it. You should check me. You should check other resources, other ideas. Investigate. It doesn't hurt my feelings. Occasionally I get things wrong. I'm not afraid to be wrong and I will correct it when it's brought to my attention. But you should never, ever trust what one person tells you just based off of their testimony alone. No, you need to go investigate. You need to do your own research. You need to check with other sources. Everything. You should always have just a little bit of question. Can I trust this? Now, look, if it's a good personal friend of yours and you have a lifetime of experience, yeah, you probably need to trust that person because you know them well enough that they actually care about you. They care about your family. 
They have a vested interest. That's not to say that on occasion they can't let you down, but that's somebody that's earned your trust. That's somebody that's worthy of trust. But I'm here to tell you, government, giant businesses, quite frankly, and a ton of other people, particularly politicians, don't deserve your trust. Now, if you investigate and find out what they're saying is true, great. But now the other problem we have is those same governments and giant corporations, they pay for the research. They control the research. They control what you have access to. So now that you can't hear an alternate view, you're left with the idea that they're telling the truth, that they're right. But in fact, they're not. I need to go to a little backstory here. Once upon a time, there was a uh, book company called Lumponics. And they would put out a book catalog a couple times a year. And in it, they had excerpt articles. And one of the things they had in there was revisionist history. In other words, the history that you didn't know about. Just brief articles. Things that weren't commonplace knowledge. And I would read some of those articles and I'd be like, no way. I can't believe that. And then you go do a little investigation you, you go look for another book or some other source, and when it's pr- proved out to be far more accurate than what you were raised knowing, right, the truth that you knew, it's, I don't want to say shocking, but it's surprising. It's disappointing. As time goes on, that's going to be harder and harder to do. I want the whole story, and, and I want for you to get the whole story. And then you make a judgment call, your decision. What do you think is actually most truthful? What do you think is the more important details here? What do you think is going to animate where you're going to stand on this issue? And I'm perfectly content with whatever that decision is. But as it stands right now, you only get one side of the story. And if you're only getting one side of the story, you can't make a good decision because you don't know everything. That's what should concern you. And anybody that would deny you hearing both sides of the story would deny you knowing all your options. That's a person that's not worthy of your trust. That's a person that's trying to deceive you and undermine you. And quite frankly, doesn't trust you either. Now, some of you are probably thinking to yourself, Oh, Callus, you're, you're revisiting something you did last week. Yes. Kind of, sort of, right? If somebody's trying to manipulate you to get an outcome, they're probably not worthy of your trust. If somebody's lying to you, they're probably not worthy of your trust. If somebody's not willing to discuss all the options or all the points of view, or at least attempting to remain objective when discussing an issue, yeah, maybe they're not worthy of your trust. That doesn't mean that they're not trustworthy. It just means on that specific issue or that specific process, they don't trust you, so you shouldn't trust them. That's what I'm suggesting. Trust is earned. Trust is very valuable. If you don't trust me, that's fine. I get it. But you need to double check it. You need to prove me right or prove me wrong. Either way, I cherish your feedback because I get it wrong on occasion. I have already admitted this multiple, multiple times, but I want to know. Case in point, about a month ago, I put out how the, uh, McKinney ISD had altered the email scheme. A couple days later, it had been corrected. In the meantime, 
found out there was an attorney that got involved in it, found out that the person that they were looking to limit access to had been very proactive on it. Now, as uh, being somebody on the outside looking in, do I know what caused the change course? Do I know that they didn't intend to do that all along? No, I don't. But I can just tell you, knowing what, what I do about the McKinney Independent School District, I can feel pretty confident that they planned on doing one thing, but then had to change course and get it fixed rather than get sued. But I don't know that for a fact, but the evidence certainly circumstantial though it may be leads me to that conclusion because quite frankly, I don't trust them. So as we kick off into the weekend, I would encourage you based upon what we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, take this time off, recoup, spend time with your family, but you need to consider who do you trust and why do you trust? Does that mean that the whole world's evil? No. Does that mean that nobody can be trusted? No. But it does mean that you need to be very careful on who you trust about what and how that influences what you do next. And with that, this has been According to Callus, and I will see you on the other side.